Yo, yo, yo! Welcome into the Fantasy Bros NFL Podcast. I'm your host, Jason. Joining me is baby Jake. Jake, what's up? What's going on? How are we doing on this fine, fine morning? That's right. Wednesday morning, about 7 a.m. Central Time. We're going to go through the spreads and totals of the games. Um, so let's jump into it. But before we do that, make sure you guys like the video, subscribe to the page, hit the bell. Boom, here we go. We're going to be trying something a little new this week. This is a Fantasy Labs dashboard where we are able to look at the scores, implied open scores, implied live scores, the spread of the game, what it opened at, what it's at now, difference, and then the over-under, what it opened at, what it's live now, the difference. And you can even see where the money's at on all these. So this is very useful when we're starting to think about games that we want to target, and then on Friday morning, we'll look at the DK salaries, see price differences, and see what jumps out to us there. But this is a great foundational starting place. So, with that being said, Jake, why don't you take us through it, man? So, first one, it looks like we have on the slate there is uh, Baltimore at Chicago. Got this game opening at 45 and a half. That's what it's at currently now. That's what it opened at. And the spread is the Ravens by six. Not too high scoring. So typically our general rule is I think 48 or higher is what we look for for games. This game is going to be a little below it. Um, the Bears, they're coming in at 19.8. And then the Ravens are at 25.8, which yeah, kind of odd. Only I've ever seen them at 0.8 before. Usually it's half point or whole point, but... Make it work there, I guess, whatever. Um, Bears, not too inclined to pick anyone from their squad, obviously, with them not putting up at least 20 points. I mean, it's just not a good good team to go with, really, at all. The Ravens there, you do have some options. We've been a big fan of Lamar, the guy being a dual threat. Found him, and he's got some pass catches that have been shown out in uh, Hollywood Brown, Mark Andrews. Bateman's come, in, come on as of late. I think the Sammy Watkins gets, keeps getting injured and, like, re-injuring himself. So he's been a guy to consider. Um, what are your thoughts on that one? Yeah, pretty much just echo what you said. It's a game I'm probably not going to touch. Lamar Jackson's price has been too cheap lately. I haven't looked this week, but I did notice he's kind of popping in the models. But both of these teams are really slow-paced teams. Baltimore would prefer to run the ball rather than pass. So it's going to be hard for Lamar to get there in tournaments, in my opinion, if the game plays out the way it's expected to. And, yeah, otherwise I just agree with what you said on everything else. So let's keep it moving here. We got Green Bay at Minnesota. This one here, 49.5 point over-under. So that's that range we're looking for, you know, close to 50. And you can see how green it is here in the square. Um, a lot of the money, it's pretty even split. Most of the money's on the under, but pretty even there. Green Bay started at one-and-a-half point favorites. The Lions moved to two-and-a-half on the road. And then you can even see the implied team points. And so we, we always look initially at that over-under for the game, right, that 48 points plus. But this is something that's encouraging, too, when it's such a tight spread and both teams are expected to get to that 24 or close to it. So you have Green Bay with a 26-point implied team point total and Minnesota at 23-and-a-half. So this is a game that I like. Now, again, Green Bay is kind of a pace down team. Minnesota seems to play with – they'll play whatever pace they have to. They don't usually dictate how the game's going to be played. So 
This is a tricky one because it's not fast-paced teams, but they do have a high projected score. And, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is back. Aaron Jones is going to be missing the game, so you got to imagine A.J. Dillon is going to be chalky this week. Devontae Adams is always a play. We'll see where his price came in. If he's below, you know, 8K again, he's for sure going to be 25% owned. Um, if he's below 9K, I think he's going to be popular. And then on the Minnesota side, Justin Jefferson finally had a get-right game. Dalvin Cook is Dalvin Cook. You could play him any week. Um, and then Thielen and Conklin are kind of touchdown or bust. So that's how I kind of look at that game. How about you, Jake? Yeah, no, I'm with you there. Um, A.J. Dillon's got to be a chalk play this week. Rodgers, he's Rodgers. So, I mean, you can consider him, especially with this being a 49.5-point spread. You expect there to be a lot of points. It's just – I don't know. You're on the fence here with this one, like you were saying. The pace of both these teams, they love to run the ball, slow things down. So you just, yeah, really considering they'll probably hit the under. Makes you a little more skeptical about that total number there. It's implied, but they do have weapons on each side of the ball. Devontae Adams, I could imagine seeing his price still fairly cheap since he only put up 14 points this last week. And I think he'll be targeted by a lot of people, especially with Aaron Jones out. He's going to be probably, I don't know, collecting maybe one or two more targets there. And the Vikes, you got, yeah, same guys you just said there. Yep, for sure. Let's keep it rolling here. We got Miami at the Jets. We'll get through this one real quick. We got a 45-point over-under. Miami, 24 implied points. Jets, 21 implied points. I believe Zach Wilson's back this week. I would assume two is going to be back this week because that was such a late scratch. You know, that was a shocking scratch last week. I can't imagine he's going to miss this week. But have you heard anything on that? I haven't, but I think they're assuming he'll be back. I can't imagine he would sit out, yeah, with last week coming down to that game time decision and they ended up nominating to sit him out. So I would assume he's back this week. Yeah. I mean, both of these teams aren't really appealing to me. I don't want to play anybody from either game. If you have to, Gusecki is uh, always a decent tight end play. Waddle has been playing okay, but he hasn't really been like a slate-breaking guy. I don't think he has huge upside. And I think Devontae Parker's still on the IR, so he's going to be out. But on the Miami side, really nothing. Malcolm Will, Brown's out. Will so maybe Fuller? Miles Gaskin. Is Will Fuller back? I'm not sure. Yes, I'm not sure if he's back yet either. Yeah, yeah I feel like this is. game you should – just play one-offs if you're considering anything. Right. I was just going to say, and if Will Fuller is back, that's just going to kind of eat into the target share for the other guys. So it's going to make them even yeah. less appealing. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Michael Carter has been coming on lately. Um, workhorse back. If he's under 6K, I guess that's someone you could consider if you're trying to save salary. But I think last week he was 5900 So at that point, just go find a couple hundred dollars and get one of those low 6K guys. So that's my thoughts on that game, Jake. Anything to add? Uh, no, skip that game. <laughs> Say, <laughs> there are much better options out there. Don't even waste your time. That's right. So let's get to a, a game that's actually somehow an even worse option. We got the Saints at Philadelphia. <laughs> 43 and a half point over under. The Eagles are one and a half point favorites with a 22 and a half point implied team total and the Saints only 21 point implied team total. Now, Alvin Kamara is usually... I mean, he's always in our player pool just because we know what the upside is. But with Trevor Simeon at quarterback and Taysom Hill potentially vulturing goal line touches, 
Then you see the team only has 21 implied team points, and Kamara's coming off of an injury. I don't even know if I'm going to want to play him necessarily, even with the Eagles' run D, you know? Um, and then mm-hmm. they, on the other side, the Saints have a stout defense, and the Eagles have been pretty pretty streaky all year, especially, you know, Jalen Hurts. He gets there fantasy-wise, but he hasn't looked great. He's, he's just been inconsistent. And now that he's going to be going up against one of these top defenses in the league, I don't really love that as a matchup either. But what are your thoughts? Yeah, it's a it's a tough game to go, especially it looks like they're guessing Alvin Kamara is going to sit this one out. So Saints, you really don't want to touch anyone. I can't imagine you can believe in anyone on that team right now. I'm like their pass catchers, they spread it around this last week. There's like no go-to guy necessarily. And then with the Eagles, uh, they're going to have a tough time. The Saints defense is one of the best in the league. So Jalen Hurts is going to have pressure nonstop, I'm sure. And as we've seen all year, he hasn't done the best with that. Um, typically, we'll just roll out. And then for some reason, the Eagles are only running like two or three-person routes, I've noticed. They're not sending more than that typically downfield. A lot of times, I've noticed only two guys even, so that makes it even harder for Hurts. Um, last week was probably his best week, but his stats just, yeah, weren't mind-blowing. Like, he didn't turn the ball over, but... I think he just barely broke 200 yards passing. He had a couple touchdown passes. I mean, Devonta Smith, though, was the guy that really made him look good last week. He made some unbelievable grabs. And the Philly defense, they had been susceptible to the run all year like we've seen. And they somehow get a touchdown, though, last week. I don't know how they pulled that off, but big play slay made, made up for uh, the offense this past week and put some points on the board from the D. But I would... Not be too comfortable, let's say, with that total being even less than what we just looked at. It's 43-and-a-half. I would steer clear of this game. Yeah, and it looks like Kamara is hoping to be back this week. If he's out, um, Mark Ingram is coming in under 6K. So, you know, at that price, I would consider him playing against the Eagles defense. But with Kamara's price tag, you know, in that upper 8K range, that's just a little too rich for my blood. So... We'll keep it moving here. This is going to be the most popular game on the slate, or one of the most popular games on the slate. That Chiefs game is looking pretty sexy, too. But here we are with the Colts at the Bills, 50-point over-under. Buffalo, 28.5 implied team points. Indianapolis, 21.5. So the Bills are seven-point favorites. But I think that this could be closer. And regardless, I think both teams could get there fantasy-wise. With the Colts, you know you can play Jonathan Taylor. You know you can play Michael Pittman, so that's easy. And then on the Bills' side, Josh Allen's really been coming on as of late. Last week, him and Diggs finally hooked up. And uh, then you always have Cole Beasley, Emmanuel Sanders, Dawson Knox as kind of some ancillary pieces. I'm not even going to worry about the running backs. I haven't been a Zach Moss fan to begin with. You know, a lot of people, they want to play Zach Moss because they see these these big spreads, you know, they're favorited by a, a whole touchdown. So, oh, maybe they're going to get the running backs involved. Maybe they'll be able to grind it out. But that's just never the case. You have Zach Moss. They have Devin Singletary. Last week, Matt Breida ended up leading the backfield in touches. So, I just don't even like worrying about the running backs. I would rather focus on which stack I want to play with Josh Allen in the passing game. Jake, what are your thoughts? For sure. No, I mean, it's kind of like what we said last week. Go find running backs that are really cheap that, you know, are going to take the share of guys that are injured or something, you know. Like last week we had Ingram and uh, Dearness Johnson. So 
sure we'll end up with guys like that this week. Don't even waste your time, yeah, looking at the Buffalo backfield because it's just too inconsistent plays. Uh, or workhorses. Or, or workhorses. Yeah. I think last week was an anomaly. I, I, don't, I don't ever expect that. I'm never expecting to go find, you know, $4,500 three-down backs. That was just the obvious plays. But, I mean, find running mm-hmm. backs that have potential to get you there. Right? So, when Alvin Kamara is out, Mark Ingram can get you there. But Zach Moss is never going to get you there. Not in this style of offense. Not when they have Devin Singletary and Matt Breida and Josh Allen can run. You know, like you're paying typically that low 5K price tag for guys that you need to get 20 to 25 points from, and it's just not reliable. I'd rather pay up, get a guy like Jonathan Taylor on the other side who could score 40 points in any given game. Now, granted, he's going to cost eight grand, you know, 8K, but you just got to figure out how to make that work because Zach Moss isn't going to get it done for you. So, all right, we'll Mm -hmm. keep it moving then. We got Detroit at Cleveland. Cleveland, 10-point favorites at home, 45-point over-under. Cleveland, 27.5 implied points. Detroit, 17.5 implied points. So if Chubb's back, play Chubb. Otherwise, I'm probably not going to touch this game. What about you? I'm not too high on it. I would only consider Chubb here. The receivers, just not not getting it done. I mean, it's just tough to guess which one's going to go off every week now. You got Jarvis Landry, Donovan Peoples-Jones, their tight ends. It's like they spread that around. I think Cooper had a touchdown this last week. Joku gets targeted. It's just another another sort of team that you're playing guessing games on who's going to get the targets. The really only viable option to consider that's Consistent is Chubb. Yeah, and Chubb's coming Hunt in this gets week. back. They're going. I was just saying, Chubb's coming in this week at 7,800. And if he doesn't get off the COVID list, Dearness Johnson's 5,600. So it's kind of that same Kamara, Mark Ingram situation. Kamara's coming in at 8,100. And Mark Ingram, I forgot exactly, but I think he, oh, here he is, 5,400. So these guys, you know, Ingram is up $1,100 or $900. And Dearness Johnson is up. $1,000. And then you got Chubb and Kamara that are pretty fairly priced. So, yeah, we'll just kind of have to see where it plays out, you know, if Chubb ends up playing. Yeah, the running game is really playing. the only thing to consider with the spread. I'm like, 10-point favorites, you expect the game script then to flow more into that run game, and the Browns already love to run the ball anyways. So, Yeah, Jarvis Landry's been popping in some of the optimal lineups for me, but for tournaments, I, I just can't see myself playing him. If Baker's playing quarterback, you know, we've seen Baker's been struggling this year, whether it be injury or he just, I don't know, can't get over that hump in his career. But regardless of the cause, he, he's not getting it done. So I just don't trust Jarvis Landry. But, yeah, that's the only other player that's really popping at all in any of the models for me. The Lions, you know, if you really want to get contrarian and find someone with some low ownership – you can always play Hawkinson at tight end or DeAndre Swift at running back, but that's it. I'm not playing anybody else from that team. Keep it moving here. We got Washington at Carolina. 43.5 point over under. This is going to be a slop fest. Carolina, 23.5 point implied total. Washington, 20 point implied total. Uh, yeah, it looks like it opened at a 46.5 point line and it's gone down. And all that money has gone to Carolina. So Carolina's implied team total hasn't changed at all. Washington's gone down from 22.8 opening line to 20. 
Jake, take over, man. What do you think? Um, with this one, don't really want to touch. I mean, it's not meeting our uh, total criteria here at 43 and a half. That is crazy low. Like, if these teams are both lucky enough to put 20 points up, and it's just tough to say with the Panthers now. After last week, we saw Cam Newton and P.J. Walker co-host that QB position. It's looking like Cam Newton will take a majority of the shares, but we'll see how well he picks up the offense. And then I think Christian McCaffrey, did he he got hurt during the game, I want to say. He re-aggravated his hamstring, but he was coming in and out, so he's the guy to pay attention to. And then the Panthers – well, had a touchdown pass to Robbie Anderson, so they're they're spreading the ball around more now instead of DJ Moore being the one and only guy there. It's just tough to say with on that side of the ball. And then Washington, I don't really like anyone besides Gary Terry. Like Terry McLaurin is the only guy I could see maybe playing as a one-off. Their running backs, I think Antonio Gibson got into the end zone this last week, but. I'm just not too high on anyone else besides Terry McLaurin. He's been the most consistent piece for their team by far. Yep. DeAndre Carter's gone off the last two weeks. I don't think you can expect that every week. But if you want to stack this game or if you're just looking for a you know a cheap dart throw, I think DeAndre Carter is uh, an option there. Although Carolina's defense is good. Carolina is a really underrated defense. So, um I don't know. Just throwing him out there because of what he's done the last two weeks. That's not to say that I believe in him necessarily. Uh, yeah, it's a Christian McCaffrey game, right? They're favorites. It's at home. They might be playing a new quarterback. Otherwise, they're playing P.J. Walker, who's a backup quarterback. So you got to imagine if Christian McCaffrey's healthy, they're going to be relying on him pretty heavily. And, yeah, you're right. He went into the medical tent last game, but he returned. And he ended up with 26 fantasy points. He wasn't even getting his full workload, and he got 26 fantasy points. He's coming in this week at 8,900, so he's someone I'm definitely going to be considering, especially if people see what happened last week and they saw that Dearness Johnson and Mark Ingram were winning people tournaments and people are going to start looking to play those you know, 4K, 5K running backs, thinking that, oh, this is where you find the edge. This is how people won money last week. This is how it's done. That's not how it's typically done. That was just a one-off week, right? You're not usually gifted yeah. those, those sort of situations. So I think this is a week where you get back up, pay up, get Christian McCaffrey, get Dalvin Cook, get Jonathan Taylor, pay up for the studs. That's that's kind of how this slate's looking to me so far, but we'll see. Stars and scrubs, that's it. And then Washington, I just realized, too, uh, Chase Young. I think he tore his ACL last game, so their pass rush will be down a little bit. Their secondaries are horrendous. So, yeah, Christian McCaffrey could be a nice play this week. Yeah, because he gets it done in both facets. Yep. So that was my thoughts mm-hmm. there. Let's check this next game out. We got San Francisco at Jacksonville. 49ers, 26 implied team points. Jacksonville, 19 and a half. We're looking at a 45 and a half point over under. And this one started with San Francisco being four point favorites. And just the way people have bet on the game, it's moved them to six and a half point favorites. So, what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah. Not too high on it. The total, 45 and a half, not the greatest. Jaguars, don't really consider anyone a good option. I'm like, saw a little bit, some of their highlights while we were watching Red Zone last week. And Trevor Lawrence, man, he's just running wild for his life, it seems like. And it's kind of in like panic mode as soon as he gets the ball. So I'm not really trusting him and any of his past catchers. Don't think anyone will turn out and have a great game. Jamal Agnew has been like his go-to guy as of late, the return specialist. 
James Robinson, he's their number one option at running back. I just don't see them getting into the red zone very often, though, as you can tell. They're not predicting them to even break 20. With the Niners, you have some great guys that have been shown out, like uh, Elijah Mitchell. They're pretty solid. He just hasn't had like any booming games as of late. Debo Samuel's been an awesome guy to have. He just went off for him this last week. And then George Kittle, he's finally came back into the fold. Starts to get targets now that they have Jimmy G under center. So I could see some Niners guys having a great day, but I'm not too high on anyone for the Jaguars to bring it back with. Yeah, and price-wise, Dan Arnold is up to 4100 for Jacksonville. He's just been a lock button tight end these last few weeks. Um, 4100 I think is still too cheap for him, so I'll still play him. James Robinson's up to 6400 this week, so he's a little pricey. That's that's about where his price should be for his workload, but in a game where they're only projected to score 19.5 points and they're 6.5-point underdogs, that's not really a situation I'm looking to play running back in. Um, and then on the flip side, yeah, you got Kittle. Kittle's back. Debo's just burst onto the scene this year. And Elijah Mitchell, he's under 6K. He's coming in at 5,800 again this week. So in a game where they're six and a half point favorites on the road, you got to imagine they're going to want to run the ball. That's what they're going to try to do. So I think that's a pretty good price tag for him. But yeah, no one's really jumping out at me, which might make this the game you want to target. You know, people are just going to skip over it because it's not a fun game and there might actually be some value in that. So um, yeah, we'll keep our eyes. We'll look at prices again on Friday, kind of review everybody in that. But I might play some San Francisco guys. And I might play Dan Arnold. Like I said, $4,100 is just too cheap for a guy who's getting almost double-digit targets every game in the tight end spot. Keep it moving here. We got Houston at Tennessee. This says a 44.5 point over-under. It opened at 50.5. So it's gone down six points. Uh, Tennessee opened at 27.5, and their implied team line is the same. Houston's gone down to 17 implied team points. So you got Tennessee as 10.5-point favorites at home. What are your thoughts on this one? Man, uh, I did not realize, yeah, how big of a spread this one was going to be. Jeez Louise. Titans, I feel like that would be the move. It's just tough, though, running back. Derrick Henry sell out. They've been a committee. I think, uh, God, what's his name? Deontay Foreman? I think yep. they brought him and Adrian Peterson. So it seemed like they were a committee this last week. Foreman, I want to say, had – majority of the carries but um yeah it seemed like Foreman, for, yeah Foreman's the between the mm-hmm. 20s guy McNichols is the pass catcher and Adrian Peterson gets goal line work so don't play any of them <laughs> yeah don't consider any of them and then pass catching wise you got AJ Brown of course I'm not sure what Julio's status is he was out this past week so AJ Brown was good guy to target he just didn't end up having a great game our tight end number, we're getting quite a few targets, but it's the same thing. They're like a committee of tight ends, which makes that impossible then to pick someone. So avoid them. Texans, you have Brandon Cooks. That's really the only guy. That's it. That's the he only person Cooks. we've ever played for them this whole season. Yep. And I think Cooks has only been popular because he's a good bring back option. Houston is they're always mm-hmm. underdogs in every game they play, and he's the only weapon they have. So Cooks gets played a lot simply for that reason. You know, people expect him to be passing and they know he's going to get double digit targets, but it's just, he hasn't really gotten anybody there this year. You know, I've played him a little bit too. 
I've even played him in cash games. You know, when he was like in the mid 5K range, I think he's finally up into the 6K range. At least he was last week. But he just doesn't have that 30, 40 point ceiling because of the game environment, the situation that they're always in. So I don't even know if I like him. Yeah, other receivers for Tennessee. If Julio's out again, they have Chester Rogers. They have the Elkini Westbrook. I'm not sure I butchered his name. But, yeah, again, it's these cheap receivers. A lot of DFS players see the price tags, and they think that, well, if I, you know, jam him in, then I can afford these other guys. And, sure, but if you jam him in, is he going to get you enough points to get there anyway? So, I don't know. I think it's a trap. I don't really like anybody in this game. We'll look at price tags Friday. But I'll probably avoid it, yeah. It's not a good idea because, yeah, I feel like people kind of treat that as, like, punting it. And the only position I really feel good about punting it ever is because you never know. Like, you could have a top five tight end simply just because they get one catch for a one-yard touchdown. Exactly, yeah. Tight ends and defenses. Save your money. Receiver, you got options. Yeah, totally Mm -hmm. agree. All right, let's keep it rolling here. We got Cincinnati at Las Vegas. 50-point over-under and only one-point spread. So I got a feeling this is going to be a really popular one on the slate as well. And what's nice is you know who to play, right? With Cincinnati, you could play Burrow, and then you could do the double stack with Chase and Higgins. You could bring it back with Waller at tight end or Renfro if you want to save a little money. On the Las Vegas side, just opposite. Stack Derek Carr with Renfro and Waller and run it back with one of those pass catchers. I haven't looked at salaries for these guys yet, but I can't imagine T. Higgins – you know, the way they've priced him all year, Chase keeps going up, as he should, but Higgins keeps staying where he is. So we'll look on Friday, but I got a feeling this will be a fun game to stack. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm with you. I think because uh, Boyd had a pretty good game their last time out, so I feel like if anyone's price has risen out of him and Higgins, it's going to be Boyd. So I love Higgins. He gets tons of targets. We've been saying that for the past few weeks anyway in their games. I mean, he gets like eight targets or more, seven or eight targets or more per game on average lately. Joe Burrow's been a pretty solid play. He's had some big, big games this year, especially back when the, like the Baltimore game, him, him and Jamar Chase were going ham. And then uh, Joe Mixon, he's back in the fold. I could see him being a good option here. And Las Vegas, just like you were saying, I mean, pass catchers, we all know who they have now, Renfro, Waller. Not really considering anyone else there. Brian Edwards hasn't done a whole lot for him. Running back, I'm not sure on the situation. I didn't really look this past week, like, where the volume was shared between Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake, but I'm probably trying to stay away from their backfield anyway there. Can't be too high on Derek Carr. He's just, like, a single-dimensional sort of guy. He just gets it done in the air. He's not much of a rushing threat at all. Total, though, is very appealing, being at 50, so this is – a game I'm considering how to get a few guys there stacked in. Yeah, both teams break that 24-point threshold we look for, and that might be the first game on this slate that does that. So, yeah, the Green Bay-Minnesota one was close, and Buffalo obviously being in a 50-point over-under game, they're appealing, but Indianapolis doesn't get there. So, yeah, this is the only game on the slate we've looked at so far where both teams break 24. So that'll be a popular one. Next up, we got Arizona at Seattle. This one here, uh, 49 and a half point over under. Arizona, two and a half point favorites on the road. Kyler Murray, you would think would be back. 
you know, he's been questionable going into the last two games. They didn't put him on IR, so you would think he would be back because otherwise that doesn't make sense. If someone's going to be out three weeks, you put him on IR, you open up the roster spot. Um, same thing with New Hopkins. You imagine he's going to be back. And maybe that was the plan this whole time. Maybe they circled this game on their calendar and they said, we're going to get these guys right so we can beat 100% when we play Seattle. Who knows? On the Seattle side, Russell Wilson's back. They're back, right? Like, player-wise, now obviously they got shut out last week, so I wouldn't say that they're they're back to beating the Seahawks. We thought they were, but all the pieces are back. Chris Carson should be back this week too, I believe. Um, Seattle just plays so slow, and with the injuries Arizona's coming off of too, I don't really know what to expect. What do you think about this one? It's hard to say. Seattle's defense has been pretty poor all year, and – I mean, reiterating what you said, like their pace, though, their offense is so slow that I really don't trust anyone on Seattle anymore. I mean, the only guy, maybe Russ, I like him because he's a dual threat. But besides that, it's like their pass catchers. It's a guessing game between DK and Lockett. Running game hasn't been getting it done as of late. Like Alex Collins has been filling in for Chris Carson. Hasn't been doing much. Chris Carson back. Who's to say what he's going to look like? The guy's coming back from a neck injury. Yep. And the Cardinals, yeah, like you just said, they're two big-name guys that are coming back from injury. Um, I have liked James Conner. He's been getting it done. Like we had discussed this past week. The guy hits, I think, 14 or 15 points, and his yardage output, though, was so low. <laughs> I mean, it was like 40-something yards rushing and 30-something yards receiving, so he doesn't even break 100, but – he still managed to put up double digit and essentially hit his floor. And the guy came in fairly cheap. I want to say he was 6K last week. So if you can get a guy that's consuming the volume like that, I feel like James Conner is going to be a great play. It's just tough to say, though, with that their offense. You know, Are they going to look into the air raid more so, or are they going to try to keep more balance? I want to say this year they've been a little more balanced than the previous year, but it's tough yeah. to say in this game. With Kyler Murray back, I'm probably not going to be as high on James Conner because Kyler Murray is more mobile than Colt McCoy. And if Nuke comes back, Nuke demands those, you know, 10 targets or so a game. So I feel like I think James Conner was a great play the last two weeks. We'll see where his price tag's at. But I'm probably not going to be quite as high on him. Um, Yeah, I don't know. This is a tough one because if Arizona comes out and sets the pace, then that's going to force Seattle to play faster than they like to. And that's what you look for in fantasy games. So, I don't know, man. We'll, we'll take a look at prices for these guys on Friday, and we'll see who practiced this week, who's healthy. But, you know, I played DK. Well, who, here, this is what we need to consider whenever we talk about pace. Who's the better team? Yeah, Arizona, easily. Arizona's the better so team. So, I feel like you take the pace then from our general rule of thumb when we've looked at pace before anyway. Mm-hmm. Yep, no, that's a great point. Um, but I'm not sure what Arizona's pace is necessarily either. So we'll, we'll look at kind of their pace, um, average seconds per play, and then pass above expected. But, you know, as high scoring as Arizona's been this year, I would just kind of guess that they're probably a faster paced team. But, yeah, we'll check that out. We'll, we'll talk mm-hmm. about that more, if not on Friday, you know, on Sunday morning during the live stream leading up to the game when we're actually talking about who we want to play with a little more information. And let's uh, finish it off here with the last game on the slate. We got Dallas at Kansas City, 56-point over-under. Chiefs, two-and-a-half-point favorites at home. This here is going to be the game everybody targets. Chiefs, 29 Sheesh. projected points. 
Cowboys 26 projected points. So like I said earlier, when we were talking about Cincinnati and Las Vegas, that that was the only game that we had talked about where both teams broke 24 so far. Yeah, here's the other one. What are your thoughts, man? Yeah, this one is blowing up. I said everyone's going to be on this game, so that's what's going to make me not want to play it. Get some <laughs> leverage against the field here, but it's hard to pass up on this game. I mean, the Chiefs finally pulled it together this past week and showed out Mahomes was back. I think he had five touchdown passes, 400 yards, so he spread the ball good there this past week. Back on page with Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, his go-to guys. Running back, I think Clyde Edwards-Hilaire will be back this week, it sounds like. Daryl Williams has been filling in nice for him, but it's tough to say now. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, if he'll come back, get the majority work share or not, I feel like Williams could bleed into that and they could you know, be a little more even split. Cowboys, you got to love. Dak, he showed out this last week. You got Zeke, an awesome target as well there. He can do it all. One of the few running backs in the league that can pass in or, I mean, receive catches and run the ball. Uh, receiver is <laughs> where it'll be interesting this week to pay attention uh, what C.D. Lamb status is. He went out of the game last week with an uh, arm contusion, a.k.a. a bruised arm. So quit being a pansy, C.D. Lamb. Just play. Um, Amari Cooper, another option, and then Mike Gallup's back. I'm not sure how well Mike Gallup did. I think he had a couple catches, but nothing crazy. And then Dalton Schultz, their tight end there. He, I want to say, put up zero, but he was targeted in the end zone. He just had a pass overthrown. So, yep. yeah, what do you think? So, um, I think it's going to be a popular game. I think people are going to see that over-under, and people are going to try to jam in as many pieces as they can. How I'm going to attack this game is I'm probably going to have a few Dak stacks with C.D. Lamb, and I'll run it back with Tyreek Hill, and I'll have some Patrick Mahomes stacks with Tyreek Hill, and I'll run it back with C.D. Lamb. Probably just skinny stacks. There's so many ancillary pieces that, in my mind, the only people you can truly rely on are Tyreek Hill and CeeDee Lamb. So I'm going to let everybody else try to get cute. Oh, I think it's a Michael Gallup game. No, I think it's a Dalton Schultz game. Maybe Zeke will catch some passes and I can parry him. I'll let other people do all that. If I play Dak, I'm going to run him with CeeDee, and I'm going to run it back with Tyreek and vice versa with Mahomes, and that's it. That's how I'm going to play it. <laughs> It's in Kansas City, too, so I'm not sure what the weather will be like this weekend, but I imagine it'll be fairly cold. So we'll see how well them Cowboys handle that. We live pretty close to Kansas yeah. City. It's supposed to be like mid-50s, right? Oh, I thought it was supposed to get colder than that. Well, that's not Maybe. that at all, then. Never mind. We'll take a look. I mean, Sunday we'll have all that information. Sunday we'll have weather reports. We'll have the inactive list for players. Friday we'll look at salaries, so... Yeah, we'll, we'll figure that out Sunday, but just the game, you know, in a vacuum here. High implied mm -hmm. team point total. But, yeah, it's one of those. I just think too many people, you know, they're going to get – they're going to flip a coin and go with either Pringle or Robinson, and, you know, maybe they're going to get off a hill and play Kelsey. And I'm just going to let everybody else make those decisions, and I'm just going to play the good plays. Yeah, Price. Price, I don't know. Kelsey got a lot of targets, so it's hard to say. Price won't be a factor, I'm sure, between Hill and Kelsey, but Hill's produced all year. I mean, he has had fantastic seasons so far, so he's hard to resist. But, yeah, I like your your ideas there on, like, who to stack with. It makes sense. Yeah, Sometimes that's all you need to stuff. do. Just stick with the plays. <laughs> yep. 
You know, play A.J. Dillon. Maybe another running back will be out this week. Maybe Kamara won't be ready, and you can play Mark Ingram. You know, find, go down there. Play Dan Arnold for 4,100. Play a cheap defense. And then just pay up. Pay, play C.D. Lamb and Tyree Kill, and then pick whichever quarterback you want to run it with if you want to target this game. And, you know, see where you got salary-wise after that. Fill out the rest of your lineup. You'll be good to go. So that, I think, does it for the spreads and totals. We'll bring it back in here. Jake, you got any parting words for the peeps? Uh, give us all the likes, subscribe, keep supporting the base here, people. We love and enjoy doing this. So the more support we get, the more we can produce for y'all. And That's thanks right. for hanging with the bros. Thank you.